and welcome to the Snakes Cast. It is Monday today, and we're back here recording once again at Snakes and Lattes because of the construction outside of our regular recording spot, so please pardon a little bit of background noise. With me today, again, is Mr. Steve Tassie. Hello again. Hello, Steve. And today we are going to be talking about board games by Canadian designers. stand on guard for games we do and the canadian board game scene is you know really pretty impressive right now i would say i think we have a lot coming out of canada that is excellent quality and some of the games that are being talked about uh, in recent years have been some really big canadian hits out there Uh, i think probably the one that seems to be screaming around the most at the moment of the sort of uh, hobby but not heavy category is probably Sagrada. Yes. It's got its expansion coming out fairly soon as well. Yep. Um, which is six players to Great, because that means it's actually back in print again. I finally got a copy recently, <laughs> having sold out in seconds. Uh, but this is a game by Daryl Andrews about building stained glass windows. Yes. Which is not a regularly expected theme in board gaming. Yeah, it's no. kind of I, awesome. That's one of the things I love about board gaming, right. is that you can take anything and turn it into a theme. And I mean, there have been themes that have been used that probably shouldn't have been used True. Uh, throughout the years, but the fact that you can take any subject matter and turn it into a game of some sort is really cool. And Sagrada takes gorgeous religious stained glass windows as its theme, but what it does is it makes uh, a delightful dice placement, very puzzly, logic-driven game. Right. And a beautiful one at that. I mean, stained glass windows are a beautiful thing to try and work with, and it stands to reason that the the translucent colored dice, they're lovely. Just don't use the board game, the back of the box, as a point of reference for what the game looks like, because they did the graphic design... Uh, I think I understand rightly they did that before the um, before the physical component design was completed, and so they have these images of opaque dice that mm. sort of look dull. They don't; it doesn't evoke how pretty the game is by mm-hmm. by any stretch. Whoops! Yeah, uh, that that is a little bit of a whoops for me, which uh, which I think is a shame. But uh, the game itself spectacular, and Daryl's produced some other things that are out there as well. Uh, Fantasy Fantasy Baseball yep. uh, is one that I think has sort of been around on people's sports game list, uh, and. And I have played one solitaire game of it, uh, but haven't had much to do with it. I know he had a hand in Caffeine Rush as well, yeah, uh, which I've played. And I know he has a bunch of stuff. Uh, Outpost Siberia, I think, was partly him, wasn't uh, it? Yeah. He was a co-designer uh, for that. He did Back to the Future Out of Time, the dice game based on the right. uh, famous movie from 1985. Yeah, he's he's got his hand... Uh, he does a lot of co-designs. Yeah, uh, so he partners up with. I am probably going to butcher this name pronunciation, but uh, Adrian Adamescu, I think. Something I I, I, apologize. I will do no better than you. I apologize if I got it wrong, uh, but yeah, he works with him. He's worked with, I believe, he's worked with uh, John Gilmore, with Stephen Sauer, another Canadian designer. Yeah, so he likes to he likes to do co pros. Uh, I also you can you can actually listen to him talk. He is frequently on the Meeple Syrup Show podcast. Mm-hmm. I, I've had the pleasure of speaking to him in person about games many times, and mm-hmm. it's always a, a very enjoyable experience. So he's he's actually you know really creeping up there as one of the big names. Yeah, I think, yeah. Right he now. Um, just a couple of years ago quit his regular 
day job and began working full time in in design. And shortly after doing that, he started working with IDW mm-hmm. uh, in game development. Uh, he's now moved on from there. He's, uh, I believe. He is one of the people who has created uh, Maple Games, a Canadian game company. I think you might be right about that, yeah. And so. he's also, he's he's very keen to promote the community as well. Yes. Uh, he, uh, he's responsible for, uh, or largely responsible, I think, for arranging with Snakes and Lattes the um, pilgrimage from the Gathering of Friends yes. that has happened the last few years where, you know, a busload of designers and board game media and so on and so forth come up to Snakes and Lattes they come in from Niagara Falls to Toronto they visit us they usually take in a ball game yeah and I mean it's a wonderful opportunity that's Daryl's other love is baseball baseball right (laughs) which uh, yeah you tend to if you're ever in Snakes and Lattes and he's around you will almost always see the ball cap on uh, with the Jays logo on it yeah, which is wonderful. So he's a he's a wonderful uh, ambassador for board games right now. Uh, another one who springs straight to mind for me is Chris Chung. Yes, designer um, of Lanterns. Yeah, which Mensa Select. Mm-hmm. You know, again, it's frequently coming up there on really pretty game lists, yeah. on excellent game lists, which it is. It's it's a yeah. phenomenal game. Lanterns was actually uh, prototyped uh, or tested as a prototype here at Snakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Back before we were even actually doing our game designer nights. Oh, uh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, it, it was, was it was originally a game about gardening. Really? Yeah, uh, all the cards were flowers, not lanterns. Huh. And uh, for whatever reason, he decided to uh, to change the theme, and uh, and we got lanterns. Which I I love lanterns. I think it's uh, it's a fabulous game, and I think it's one of those ones that and Sagrada is the same. And I think that Daryl and, and Chris both sit on this line of being very accessible. They're good, mm-hmm. you know. If you're looking for a Canadian designer to introduce somebody into board gaming, and I think a lot of people, particularly in Canada, you know, if you're a Canadian listener listening to this, will sit up and take notice if you say this was designed here. Mm-hmm. And those are both designers who design games that it's very easy to get in on, which is great. I know he's got some other. We've got uh, Little White Lie is an adorable little game of his that's in right now, which is a two-player bluffing game, which is kind of hard to mm-hmm. come up with. We were talking last week about two, The Fox in the Forest being a two-player trick-taking game yeah. and, and how that seemed like an unusual thing. Two-player bluffing seems like a very hard concept, and yet he pulled it off. Mm-hmm. And it's a tiny game. It's, what, 14 cards in the whole mm-hmm. little pack? Um, but yeah, and he's got some other things on the way, I know. So somebody else to keep your eye on. Yeah. Some other Canadian designers, Jay Cormier and his yes. partner Sen, they do uh, a number of games. Their their big one right now is Junk Art, right. course, which is a, a gorgeous dexterity stacking game with uh, all sorts of variations built in. They have a tendency uh, to make sort of gamer versions of other games. Right. Right. So Junk Art is sort of a gamer version of Jenga. Nice. Uh, their game, uh, but wait, there's more. Is sort of the gamer version of Snake Oil. Yes, uh, which is uh, you know one of our most popular party games, out of print at the moment. But, sure. Um, Somehow, so- ironically, even though it's the gamer version, also for me, I think when I was teaching this in the cafe, more accessible to some people, hmm. in the sense that because they are being told the thing 
that they are selling with more definition. Because in Snake right. Oil, you get a hand of cards and you have to smash two of them together to create and sell thing. that thing. So um, I might sell you, I don't know, a laser brush. Mm-hmm. And I have to explain what a laser brush is and why it's so great. Whereas if you if that came up in, but wait, there's more, it gives you a couple of qualifiers. Mm-hmm. So this is a laser brush that also permanently locks your bicycle so that nobody can steal it and also tidies your room in five minutes flat yeah. or something like that. And, and it gives, I think, the people who are less willing to improvise in the mm-hmm. way that Snake Oil... You still have to improvise, sure, but you're being told to improvise a character with traits. You're not yeah. being told to improvise just, here's the thing, go, yeah, which you, I think scares people. You don't have to quite build it from the ground up in right. the same way. Yeah, um, but that's, that's a game I had a lot of success teaching, actually, because of that. One of their games that I'm very fond of is Rock Paper Wizard. Ah, uh, yes. Which is uh, I love watching tables playing this. It's so entertaining. <laughs> if you haven't heard of it, it's set in the world of Dungeons and Dragons. Um, but you are you're a group of wizards who have just collectively taken down a dragon, uh, and you were you were all good friends cooperating up to this point. Because <laughs> uh, now the dragon's dead, the threat's gone, and there's a giant hoard of treasure. And everyone wants it. And so it has now become a uh, every wizard for themselves uh, battle royale to get to the treasure and scoop as much of the gold into your pockets as possible. <laughs> um, like the name suggests, Rock Paper Wizard, uh, it has a rock, paper, scissor element to it where you are throwing hand signs at each other. But the hand signs are more varied than just the three that you get with rock, paper, scissors. Uh, and each one represents a spell that's in your communal spell book. Right. Uh, and so there's there will only be so many spells available at any in any given round. Uh, and everyone looks at those spells, decides which one they want to cast, who they want to cast it on. Uh, and then on account of Rock, Paper, Wizard, you throw your hand sign and we resolve the spells one at a time around the table uh, and uh, chaos ensues. And it is a lot of fun and <laughs> successful enough that they are uh, putting out an expansion for it. Amazing, I didn't yeah. know that. Uh, Fistful of Monsters, I believe is what it's called. <laughs> of course it uh, is. And yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Well, there's a good starting point for you. We are going to come back on Wednesday and talk about many more of the myriad amazing Canadian games that are out there. So join us then and see if we can suggest something else that'll tickle your fancy. Bye for now. Thank you.